just embrace singlish really as well it's not that we should not use singlish uh, but what i think we should pay more attention to is What's up, Aventus film? Thank you so much for joining me on our very first episode of Aventus Notes. I'm your host, Myra Idris, and for those trying to up your game with a career or trying to find your way around the corporate ocean, we're here to educate, enrich, and empower you. Today's episode is especially for those who are thinking, mm, I think people will take me more seriously if I speak good English, better English. And before we start, I would like to pose this question out to our listeners. Do you think good English really matters in the corporate world? We're posting this episode up on our YouTube channel. Um, feel free to leave your answer there. Learning is literally limitless. So if you guys have any suggestions on topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram page at Aventus Learning. For our listeners who don't know, Singlish is a mixture of English, Chinese and Malay words, sometimes Hokkien. Um, it has been a big part of Singapore's culture ever since we gained independence nearly 56 years ago. The initial idea in 1965 was to make English the common language for all the different races you can find in Singapore. So we went along the years, right, trying to speak English, but we ended up picking different words from different languages. And today we have our very own form of English, Singlish, which is the result of that very initiative. So today we'll be discussing the impacts of speaking good English at work or the lack thereof. And I couldn't think of a better person to discuss this with than with Emma Jarman-Jones. Emma is the owner of EJJ Training and Development. She's got over 20 years of experience conducting training in several countries in the Southeast Asia, including Thailand and Vietnam. She specializes in developing and enhancing workplace communication skills for several organizations. And we're super psyched to have her with us today. Hey Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak on our very first episode on Aventus Nose. So Emma, tell us why or what inspired you to deep dive into communication skills? Uh, well, I think communication is one of those things that it doesn't matter what your job is. Um, we always need uh, effective communication skills. And it's also one of the aspects that uh, I think we don't always focus on enough. You know, when we go to university or we do courses, we focus on a lot of um, more tangible skills, like maybe finance, accounting, marketing, etc. cetera. Um, but sometimes I think that, the, you know, we can't do any of those things um, without also being able to convey our ideas um, clearly and effectively. So in the context of the trainings that you conduct, what kind of communication skills do you actually emphasize on? Um, well, I do a mixture of, of both spoken and, and written communication, things like email writing. So uh, it, it's funny. I mean, of course, everyone knows how to write an email. It's not that. And everyone is fluent in English. Um, but what often happens, especially with emails today, is that we are a little bit, uh, perhaps autopilot is the right word. So email comes in, we're a little bit focused on the tasks that we need to do and then send it out rather than, you know, doing any type of soft skills workshop is quite useful because it gives us an opportunity to reflect on what we do 
so that we can think about, okay, is this, is this effective or is there another way of doing it? So I, I think with written communication, I focus on making sure that we understand what we're doing first and we, we don't rush into writing an email, for example without having considered purpose, reader, etc. One common issue is uh, a little bit of repetition. So often if when people, when we're in a rush and when we just kind of suddenly then type things out without really thinking, we end up repeating certain information, maybe at the beginning, maybe at the end. Um, so, so conciseness is one. Um, other common mistakes or common issues Sometimes we're not very clear in our word choices. So as a writer, we know what we mean, but we kind of forget sometimes that the, the reader is not a mind reader. Uh, so we assume that they know what we're talking about. So maybe we haven't explained the context or even a simple example like a deadline. Someone might say, oh, could you send me this as soon as possible? Well, my as soon as possible maybe is not the same as your as soon as possible. So, so yeah, so those are a couple of areas that I think we can pay a little bit more attention to. Um, for spoken English, uh, I mean, I do a workshop on Singlish versus Standard English. Um, so the whole purpose of that workshop is really definitely not to say that you can't use Singlish. Um, but it's really more just highlighting some of the differences so that we are able to code switch. So I think code switch is a term that the Speak Good English movement in Singapore use. So that, you know, in one certain situations we use standard English and then in other situations, maybe we use Singlish. Mm. So I, I focus on different aspects of pronunciation that have an impact on the clarity uh, of of the spoken form. So whether it's things like um, vowel sounds or maybe word endings, um, it's just to just to enhance really so that when people are presenting or speaking, especially to a large group of people, they're able to be a little bit more um, careful um, about how they how they pronounce certain things. And also highlighting some big differences in pronunciation, like everybody kind of, well, maybe not everyone, lots of people know the difference between flower and flower. You know, <laughs> yeah. The whole flower yeah. used for baking in standard English is pronounced as flower. Um, so if you're not from Singapore, then it might be a little bit uh, confusing if someone uses flower. But with Singlish being a part of Singapore's culture, do you think it's appropriate to speak Singlish at work? Do you think it affects the efficiency of communication? I think, I mean, if we talk about communication in work, there's nothing wrong with Singlish. There's really not. Um, I have no authority to come and say that you shouldn't speak Singlish because it is part of Singapore's identity, as you've explained. Yeah. Um, again, it comes back to what is appropriate um, and relevant for the person that you're communicating with. What do you think we can do to encourage or improve the use of good English at work? In spoken form, I think we, we definitely have a lot more flexibility with 
things like word choices. And it's much easier because you can also adjust, you know, if you say something and it's clear, you, we get instant feedback. Um, in writing, um, I think one thing really is just not to be in such a rush to get things done. I know that, of course, everybody's busy and they have a million emails to get through. But I think if we just took a little bit more time to think about what we want to say and how we're going to say it before we start. I think actually that that can help us to craft um, a message that I wouldn't say error free because we're all human. We're, we're going to make mistakes at some point. But if we just are a little, if we pay a bit more attention, then we can pick up on these on these common errors. And for like uh, some of the listeners who may not be like as proficient in English, where do you recommend that they start? Uh, reading, of course, is always good. So when I say reading, I don't necessarily mean having to go through a, a classic novel, but, um, you know, reading any types of maybe different newspaper articles or any types of novels. Um, and also, everybody loves watching TV, uh, but may maybe to be exposed to different kinds of programs as well. I think in Singapore, generally, most people watch American uh, programs. Yes, but, but it's good to maybe watch some um, other native English speaking shows, like maybe Australian or, or New Zealand or from the UK, just so that... Of course, it's still English, but there are definite differences with vocabulary, with phrasing. Um, so it's just really being exposed to, to English. Uh, again, it comes back to my point about when you say, how do people improve their English? Really, what is the issue in the first place? Is it the grammar or is it vocabulary? I mean, I, 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 unfortunately, I have no magic wand. I always say that. Well, I wish I did, but, um, you know, vocabulary is just something that if you don't read much, you're not going to expand your vocabulary. Um, and I think myself included, I think we kind of get, have got a bit lazy these days um, with reading or maybe we just read something on social media and we kind of think, okay, well, that's, I've read now, that's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, reading a novel or something that, would definitely have a wide range of vocabulary um, is is good. We pick pick programs that are also not so much action based. A lot of the action type programs, you don't always hear the dialogue very clearly. Yeah. Whereas if you watch perhaps dramas, certain types of dramas, or of course documentaries, things like. Blue Planet or, or anything with like a narration, it's a little bit easier to hear the language. What do you feel about some of the government initiatives in terms of like the Speak Good English movement? Isn't very impactful um, because it's not really publicized enough to the general public. Not everybody knows about it or if they know what are they doing about it, you know. Um, I think programs that they show, I think they're making effort to incorporate good English. Uh, but what they're doing is probably not enough for everybody to exercise it. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I, I often will show people and refer people to the Speak Good English website. Um, mm -hmm. 
I can't remember the name of the if you if you sort of Google Speak Good English Singapore. The website is really good. It's very useful. Um, it it's kind of in different sections of resources where they have some tips on grammar and highlight the common grammar problems. Then they have a section on vocabulary. So sometimes in Singapore you may use vocabulary slightly differently to the dictionary definition. Um, and then they have a section on pronunciation as well. Uh, mm -hmm. so, and it, I, it is updated quite regularly. Um, I, and it's a great resource if, if people wanted to have a look at, you know, the different kind of common, common issues that, that people might have. Um, so it's very useful. I, I refer people to it all the time in my workshops. Um, but, but I would agree a lot of the time when I show people, most of the time, the participants have, have not. Never heard. <laughs> they've never, never been to the website or they're not aware of the website. And then yeah. they all say, oh, wow, that's really helpful. It's really useful. Yeah. I've never heard of the website either. Like I've only ever seen like, you know, the movements that go around on like social medias and stuff like that. I never knew that there was a website that existed for the movement. <laughs> So um, at the end of like your workshops that you conduct, right? Uh, how do you think like um, the participants would measure their you know progress in you know, from the time that they actually stepped into your workshop to the end or like after the workshop? How do you think they measured their progress? Uh, yes, and in an ideal world, my workshops would be longer than one day. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of the issues with communication in general is the fact that we, we generally perhaps are in certain habits of using words, phrases, not checking grammar, etc. So we have to unlearn and relearn. So unlearning and relearning is definitely just not going to happen in one day. Um, so what I try to make sure is that I get people to maybe come up with their own sort of checklist of things that they need to follow up on. And then also giving them resources like the link to the website or giving them the reference to any kind of grammar material so that, you know, really afterwards they need to follow up um, on certain things themselves. Um, it, like I said, one day, even one week, to be honest, wouldn't really be enough because a lot of it is changing a habit. Yeah. So like, what do you think? Okay, so like there's a checklist, right? Um, what is the most effective, like few pointers that you would like to point out in a checklist? I, I think for speaking, the, the, the one thing I would say to people generally is just to slow down a little bit because when we slow down, it gives us time to pronounce things more fully, but it also gives us more time to select vocabulary a little bit more. When we're in a rush, we end up just throwing lots of words and throwing in lots of fillers. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's what I would say in terms of speaking is just to slow down, give yourself a little bit more time to think uh, before and while you're speaking. Mm -hmm. um, for writing, the main thing there I would say is also not to rush to write. So just take a moment to think about what you want to say before you start um, so that we are clear on what the objective is and then we can select information a little bit better based on what the objective is. And of mm -hmm. course, is to check it before you send it. 
So that's why that if we slow down a little bit, it gives us time to select information. Um, yeah, but that's true. speaking, it's really people are not really they're not listening for grammar. We listen for content. So you, you don't have to worry as much about the grammar when, when you speak. As long as we get the point across, I think yes. that's enough. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But like an example is he don't have. Well, even if I said he don't have, you probably wouldn't notice that it's incorrect. But the minute yeah. I write it down, then it's glaringly obvious. And it's, you know, it should be he doesn't rather than he don't. Um, so you, you wouldn't notice when someone's speaking. But, but you, in writing, it's more obvious. Yeah. Personally, I think um, because like I, I really do love to write. The problem that I actually face is um, having to, I think I'm, I, have a, I have more of a problem of being long-winded than shortcutting things and stuff. So how do you think we can, instead of trying to be very um, precise about the information that we want to convey, how do we make it more effective? Yeah, yeah. I, that's a very common issue here is that when people speak, they're very shortcut. But when it comes to writing, it's the opposite problem. Yeah. So the main issue is the repetition of information. And a lot of that issue comes from the lack of planning and organizing before we start. So what happens is we end up using different words, but essentially saying the same thing. So it's looking at your word choices and think about, you know, every word word that you use should have a purpose. Mm. You know, does it add value? Does it add meaning to, to my content? So for example, people might send you some information and then they put for your reference. So for your reference is redundant really because it's obvious that it is for your for reference. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it, it's again not being so autopilot with throwing in these extra phrases. Um, so ju just paying a little bit or, or planning a little bit more carefully before we start, so that we can avoid the repetition. Now that you're mentioning this, I just realized my mistake this morning when I sent in an email. Uh, it was like a table. And then at the top was, uh, hi, this is the table and you can refer to it for yada, yada, yada. I was like, well, now that you're saying this, I'm like, I just repeated myself. Of course, it's a table, you know. So that's the point about being autopilot. We, we tend yeah. to be a little bit task oriented oh, I need to send this information rather than thinking, okay, what information does my reader need to know? Like, what do they already know? What's relevant? Yeah. You know, is it necessary to say this? So you'd encourage, like, you know, um, email, communicating, trainings for the whole company, for the whole organization. Yes, because it's also part of branding. The way yeah, you write in an email is part of your branding which yeah. people don't, don't often think about. So that's why everybody should be on the same page. Thank you so much, Emma, for your time and great insights. We really hope to have you on our show again. Okay. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Just embrace Singlish, really, as well. It's not that we should not use Singlish, uh, but what I think we should pay more attention to is making sure that we are very clear 
on the differences of what is standard English versus what is Singlish, so that we're able to code switch. If you're still listening to this episode right now, we've got another episode releasing next Friday on the topic of managing stress at work. So if you guys want to know how you can cope better with all the workloads and the responsibilities and just being mindful about those things, then you got to tune in to next Friday's episode. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch up next week. Bye!